Welcome to AM Best Audio. No industry is immune from litigation, and schools are especially vulnerable. In these unprecedented times, pre-pandemic issues are aggregated with the presence of new problems, and schools have become one of the most vulnerable institutions in today's climate. I'm Lori Chortis for AMBAS TV. Joining me now to talk about that is John Beauregard, a senior partner and account executive at Sylvia Group, an Alera Group company. John, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lori. What are some of the biggest liabilities that schools face today? So what are insurers doing to help mitigate those risks and manage and control their insurance exposures? One of the positive things that we are seeing is that the insurance companies are getting more involved with loss control with their educational facilities. So we are seeing a lot more um, in-person visits now that the pandemic has subsided a bit, where loss control is back out into, uh, into the schools. And they're able to be a set of another set of eyes for the school, whether it's the business manager or the superintendent who you know, every day they're there, they don't necessarily see things the way a loss control person would come out. So they are more active in the day-to-day stuff. They're looking at, uh, you know, driver safety programs. Uh, We have a company that is working with um, safety in terms of emergency response, where they're providing a a great discount on uh, an internet-based program that's literally a web-based program that's on your phone. And, you know, you can lock down the entire school from the push of a button on your phone. So they are getting more involved, obviously, on the cyber side. Um, they're working with clients in order to, you know, hopefully prevent, not just wait for the, you know, be more proactive, not waiting for the event to happen, but to be out ahead of it to, to prevent it from happening. So they are much, much more uh, proactive rather than reactive, which is what we've seen in the past. So that is a positive thing. There has been an increasing number of sexual abuse and molestation lawsuits involving the education industry in recent years. Can you tell us a bit about what you're seeing in this area, the need for insurance to address those lawsuits, and if there have been any changes to that coverage to address this risk? Uh, I would say a lot more questions. Um, what the what the, uh, the the companies are asking is there, you know, back in the day, um, they would ask just you know very basic two or three questions on sexual abuse and molestation, and now you will get entire questionnaire, multi-page questionnaires asking those questions, um, and I see that as a positive because a lot of schools are being very proactive and doing the right things, but sometimes what you don't know. You don't know. And what I've seen in in certain cases is um, one of these questionnaires has sparked uh, an interest by or or questioned by the by the school to say, hey, we didn't know that even existed or we didn't know we were supposed to be doing that. And they can implement that by doing that. It's making them safer. Um, The. The cost has gone up over the years because of the uh, of the number of claims. So the premium has risen. Uh, limits are a little harder to get if you don't have all the pieces in place. And that's the key. Um, when you've completed that questionnaire, if you don't have the pieces in play, um, you most 
companies will give you the opportunity to, to, to put them into place. But if you don't, you are going to see your limit substantially reduced. And when I say substantially, you could have had a million dollar limit that could be reduced to a hundred thousand at best. And, um, that's not uh, in this world. That's not nearly enough for any for any type of abuse or molestation claim. In the wake of the recent rash of school shootings, what significant and unique litigation exposures can those incidents lead to, and what types of coverages do schools need to address those unforeseen disasters? Well, for right now, the good news is, and I say good news, it's it's a horrible tragedy, but from an insurance standpoint. Um, if there is a shooting or any type of mass casualty event, um, more than likely, of course, that's when the lawsuits are going to start. The, 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 uh, the claim will be something along the lines of failure to maintain a safe environment or something along those lines. Um, most, if not all of those claims are going to be covered under a general liability policy, and therefore also an umbrella policy would step down over that. So that's kind of the good news for right now. Um, my concern, honestly, is in the future. Um, you know, I don't think any underwriter has ever priced an insurance, po- a general liability insurance policy, for the thought that a mass casualty event could could occur at any particular educational institution um and i'm one i'm worried that in the future uh those those limits or that that uh, exposure is then limited by something um there are policies out there and we have sold a number of them to schools for what we refer to as workplace violence and that has a limit of li- uh, also a limit of liability for general liability, but it also covers things like um, if you have to bring in a uh, 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 to do psychiatric, you know, help for the kids or teachers. Um, you know, it pays for funerals, it pays for lost, ex- you know, all kind. It, it's a very encompassing policy that pays over and above what is not covered under a general liability policy. So. You know, it's one of those policies. I hate talking about it. I absolutely hate selling it. Um, I take no solace in, in, in providing it, except for the fact that um, if, you know, God forbid the worst ever happens, there is, there is an insurance policy in place that can help the school. There have been some discussions about potentially arming teachers. How would insurance factor into that type of situation? It is the worst case scenario, I think, for for anyone, um, you know, and without getting into the political side of things about, our, you know, whether whether or not it's a good idea to to arm a teacher. Um, if that ever did occur and, and a teacher wounded or injured a, a student, let's just say they missed. Okay, making up a scenario, they missed and they and they wound up hitting a, a child or another staff member or something. And again, a lawsuit develops. There is no exclusion on the policy for that. Um, so I think you know there would then be coverage. Um, you know, I I do again get a little concerned because the one exclusion, and I would hope that this would never come into play, but there is an exclusion on the policy called intentional act. And if you are pulling a trigger, um, it is an intentional act. 
of, of shooting someone. Um, I, you know, without greater minds than I, and with a, with a, with courts and a lot of lawyers would have to figure that one out if an insurance company ever played that card, you know, it's just, to me, it's just a very, very bad idea on, on all sides. So I will, I'll just leave it at that. In addition to insurance, what else do schools now need to do to safeguard their schools and protect students and staff? Most of the schools, I should say, you know, I'm in the Northeast and most of the schools here do a lot of training. It's training, training, and more training. But like I mentioned before, what we're seeing is several uh, app-based programs coming out where literally with a click of a button on your phone, 911 can be called, doors can be locked down, other staff members can be notified. So you're seeing a lot more of that where that kind of, you know, with, with things developing, you know, that, that you're seeing a lot more of those types of, of programs coming into play that we never, you know, we just never saw that kind of stuff before. So that is actually, I think, on a bigger scale, um, a very uh, a very proactive move for any school uh, to 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 look into those types of programs. They're not perfect yet. Some of them still have some some. They're not. They don't do everything that everybody wants. But I think in the coming years it will, and they'll they'll only get better. So that is really what I'm seeing um, as far as safeguarding schools. The rest, I would say, you know, a lot. Most of this is not coming out of insurance companies. It's coming out of, you know, their state associations and the state of, you know, the board of education and, and even Homeland Security providing the, the detail that schools need in order to make them as safe as possible. During the pandemic, some school districts faced lawsuits on issues such as requiring masks, failing to require masks or for, for requiring vaccines. Can you tell us about that and its impact on insurers? insurance? I guess you could say good news or bad news, depending on which side you're looking at. The good news is that most of those claims did not develop into, let's just say, significant dollars. Most of them tended to go away on their own. I literally just had one last week where um, a teacher sued because of um, he was forced to wear a mask. He claimed, you know, he claimed for religious reasons. So that one, obviously, on my in my little world, has not has not percolated, and we don't know what the end result would be. But industry wide, um, most I would say that most of those claims there was a great concern coming coming into and through uh, COVID and through the pandemic. Um, there was a lot of concern that this would uh, this would be a real problem, and I. From that perspective, from an insurance company perspective, I guess it really hasn't played out the way they were afraid it would be. I'm sure that you know there are claims that have been paid over the you know over the last couple of years, but not to the level that they were concerned would be. What other types of employment practices liability insurance challenges do schools now face, and how are you working with your clients to address those challenges? All of the above. Um, it is. The, I always talk about the big four of employment practices: uh, harassment, and this is any type of harassment, discrimination, wrongful termination, and the one I use, uh, the one I've now added, is kind of bullying slash hostile work environment. Those are really the big four that we see um, from a claim perspective. So again, kind of talking about 
you know, the, how to safeguard the school. It is, it is, you know, training and training and training, kind of teaching. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the things that you have to keep in mind with schools is this is a constant turnover in schools. Teachers retire, new teachers come in, new administrators come in, old administrators go out. So really what we try to do is every couple of three years tops is we work with the carriers to come into our, our schools and do uh, uh, an in-person, that was tough during COVID, a lot of it was done Zoom, but to do an in-person employment tra uh, practices training. What can you say? How can you say it? Um, what can't you say? You know, and and they kind of just give people, and then they also talk about real life examples. Now, some of them are ridiculous, and you just kind of laugh, and it's it. You know, you try to make it as light as possible, but it also shows that you know you can never be too careful. So, really, from an employment practices uh, side, it is it is about education of the staff members and knowing, you know, making them comfortable knowing, and this is, this could be all the way from, you know, any supervisor all the way up to the, the superintendent of schools, uh, making them comfortable with the environment of what, what can be said, can't be said, how, you know, and whatnot. So I think that's the number one thing. Is there a growing need for cyber insurance in education? And why is it so difficult for educational institutions to get that coverage? Cyber is number one with a, uh, just it is the, the cyber uh, claims have exploded over the last two years. Um, when we first started selling cyber, it was all about we were afraid a kid was going to change grades. OK, that was kind of or, you know, somebody would tap into the employees accounts and find out their social security numbers, that type of thing. That kind of that world. Yes, it's still there. But by far and away, it has been superseded by the, the kidnap and ransom area. Um, so we're getting the bad guys who will literally go in and hold the system get, you know, hostage and then demand a ransom for the data. Now, the data that's in there is use, useful to no one. It's not useful to the bad guys. It's not useful to you know, the school system in the next, the next uh, town but it is very valuable to the existing um, administration, to the, to the existing school department. And, and so that is what we are seeing a hundred times over is, is the kidnap and ransom. Um, what unfortunately I think what has happened, uh, the bad guys have kind of, you know, there are certain tech, uh, medical, municipalities, education are kind of the big four of, of who's getting hit. And I think that some of the um, school departments consider are, are kind of like low hanging fruit because they haven't either they haven't invested in the in the cybersecurity or they haven't um, you know they just don't have the means necessary to do what they need to do to to provide that type of security to get to keep the bad guys out. So that's what so it is making it more difficult to get cyber for schools because when you go to an underwriter and you know you say to them uh, give you an example um 
the new buzzword in cyber is is called MFA, multi-factor authentication. You have to have it. It's the bottom line of your cybersecurity triangle. If you don't have it, it's either going to be difficult or impossible to get coverage. Many schools do not have not implemented it. And there's reasons for that. You know, they've got the kids, they've got staff, they've got parents. You know, it's 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 a little bit of a quagmire for the schools to do that. However, you've got insurance companies who are saying, without that, I'll see you later. I'm not doing, I'm not writing. I'm literally, they've been getting hit so hard. It's not a matter of, oh, well, you know, if you, a year ago, two years ago, it's like, hey, can you think about doing this? And now today it is either you do this or I don't write the policy. So that is really, that's what is, I think, making it more difficult for, um, for the school, you know, for any type of educational institution. It's a mess. So what do you foresee for the educational insurance market this year and in the coming years? We'd like to see the market. It may, we may not go back, given a lot of other economic conditions, uh, we may not go back to what we refer to as a soft market anytime soon. Um, what we would like to see is a flattening of the market. So we've seen in the property and casualty world over the last few years, we've seen some pretty good spikes um, in premium. And what I, you know, I think what we're going to see is those spikes will start to level out. I don't see us going back to a soft market really quick. Um, I think we're going to be in, a, you know, while this economic uncertainty is playing out, I think we're going to, I, I think we'll see a lessening of the increases. Um, and, and, and that would be okay. Um, you know, because what we don't like to see you don't like to see it for clients, their budgets. Um, you know, it's not a good thing to see 20, 30, 40% rate increases. So I think we will see a flattening of the market. I'm not so sure I can say that about cyber. It, you know, that one's a big question mark because if the claims continue to go, um, so goes the pricing. So I'm not 100% sure on that one. But I think the rest of the rest of the lines, you know, we should be in pretty good shape going forward. John, thank you so much for speaking with me today. You're welcome. Nice to be with you. That was John Beauregard, a senior partner and account executive at Sylvia Group. For AMS TV, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AMBest TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.